Welcome back to the SCU Buzz Podcast. My name is Blake Skews, and today I have with me is Brittany Nickel. She's the team SCU surfing captain who recently took out the women's longboard national title and finished fourth in the shortboard division in the Sunshine Coast. The digital media and communication student is a former World Surf League qualifying series pro surfer who has also represented and captained Team Australia in the International Surfing Association World Championships. Brittany runs her own business, Brit Nickel Services, as a surf coach, works as a sports commentator, and is an advocate for spreading awareness on Crohn's disease as she has faced a long battle with the disease. I'd now like to welcome Brit to the podcast. Brit, welcome. Good morning, Blake. How are you? I'm great. It's great to have you on here today. When I found out that we were going to do this interview today, I did some research on you and you have lived a very interesting, fascinating life. So I'm keen to hear everything about that. And I'd like to jump straight into asking, could you tell us a little bit about your serving career and how it all started for you? I had always grown up around the water. I've, I've grown up on the Tweed Coast. So I feel like surfing was going to eventuate at some point in my life. But for me, I started relatively late compared to what kids start sport these days. I didn't start surfing till I was 11 or 12. And then around the age of 13, I think I kind of just caught the competitive bug and gave away a few other sports to take my surfing career more seriously. Nice, nice. And you've been loving it ever since because you've obviously all these accolades to your name too. And one that was just claimed recently was the Southern Cross University claimed its ninth title in the Unisport National Surfing Championships on Queensland Sunshine Coast. So congratulations for that as well. How did you initially get involved with Team SEU? I started studying back in, I think it was 2017. I enrolled in the digital media and communications course. And for me, I was competing at the time uh, still with my career on the QS and with the ISA World Surfing Games. So I contacted Dave Graham and was one of those sport excellence athletes. Dave got me in and, and said, hey, would you like to surf for us? And kind of just been doing that ever since. So we had a couple of a years break with COVID and good to be back. Do you actually find that if you're a beginner surfer, you can still join Team SEU? I feel like you can. Um For me, with the competitive scene, it might be a little bit more tricky because there's a fair bit of depth. But there is the bodyboard option as well. And we're always looking for bodyboarders. We're looking for surfers as well. So if you're out there and you're studying at SCU, make sure you contact Dave. And uh, we're always looking for surfers. Absolutely. So what did you have to do growing up to build up to where you are now and all the accolades you've achieved? What's the regimen behind that? Oh, there's so much that's gone into it. Uh, you know, obviously I've been surfing for such a long time. And uh, for me, my biggest journey was my my health battle with my Crohn's disease which for me has been the biggest obstacle not only with my sporting career but with with work with the relationships with study just life in general it has been a bit of an obstacle so there is a fair bit that goes in behind the scenes as well uh trying to overcome that I'd always had an interest in digital media from a young age my parents were always filming on the beach and that was for me my best training tool with my surfing, coming home and, and being able to watch that on the TV and really critique my own style and my technique. And that for me eventuated into then creating my own little clips and writing little blogs when I was going on trips. So that's kind of where my love for that passion of the digital media side stepped in. Amazing. And it's kind of one of those things too, like for when servers do retire, they can still be a part of it because they can be then behind the scenes and filming the next up and coming people as well doing this. It is so true. So for me, I, I started working as a surf coach 
I think around the age of 17 while I was competing on the pro juniors. And for me, that was a way of giving back and teaching other people a sport that I loved and enjoyed, but then it was also an income while I was traveling as well. And for that kind of developed my, my coaching career as well. Do you have a preference for being out in the surf or being a coach? Is there a big difference or? For me, I mean, I'm always happy to be in the water. That's my happy place and being able to surf myself. And I guess if you can mix the two things together and still be in the water with someone, but then coaching them from the water, that's a pretty fun aspect. You see it from a different angle as opposed to being on the land, but you can kind of get the best of both worlds. Oh, definitely. Well, I also wanted to ask this because a lot of people do have obstacles, no matter what field you're going into. And you have mentioned this already, how you've had a long battle with Crohn's disease. How has that affected you with going into, into surfing? Has it been a, a big struggle? Uh, it has been. I'll be the yeah. first to admit that. Uh, sure. As much as I've been somebody that's tried to not let it stop me, it has definitely stopped me in my tracks where I've had no other option but to slow down. And um, yeah, just recently there was a period of time where I wasn't able to do any form of physical activity for two years, like walking yep. out the door was causing me issues with abdominal strain and, and putting strain on an area where I'd had problems with surgery. So for me, it, it has been my biggest obstacle. I was diagnosed when I was seven and I'm now 32. So I did go through my whole competitive surfing career with a chronic illness. And I guess the invisible side of things to look at me, I look fit and healthy. And that's sometimes the hardest part people don't understand Coming through my whole junior career and through the qualifying series and the ISAs, I was running on probably 50%, which is really hard to compete up against the top level that are, you know, running off 100 150% and able to consistently spend time in the gym and spend time in the water. So for me, it was tricky because, you know, that's where my competitors had that other advantage, I guess. Yeah. I think that's also good. And I feel like you would agree where if there's young kids that are also suffering with this, they can look up to someone like you and go, well, if I'm passionate about this, there's nothing stopping me because I have seen someone else do this. So it's, it'd probably feel good to know, even though there's been a struggle, you can be kind of like almost like a mentor to someone saying, I've done this now you can as well. You're so right on that. And it is something that I hope to achieve. And for me, I have been a mentor for young kids with chronic illness and with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. And I am an ambassador for Crohn's and colitis Australia. So I have gone to kids camps and and provided that bit of hope and inspiration. I guess for me, um, you know, being diagnosed so young way back in 1997, when I was diagnosed it, you know, there wasn't social media, there wasn't really the internet. There was so many different places that are available now that weren't available back then. And at the time I was 16, 17, when I required my first major, major surgery. And, um, I required my first ileostomy bag. And, um, for me, I thought that was the end of my surfing career. I, I didn't think I'd be able to surf. I didn't think I'd be able to live a normal life. And I didn't really have a positive role model that had been through something similar that I could really relate to. And at the time, the morning that I had the surgery, a stranger actually came and visited me and he, he was with from in the surfing industry and he'd, he'd been through a similar story, different diagnosis with something yep. else, but he'd had a bag and he'd surfed with it and he'd since had it reversed. And he kind of provided that bit of hope for me that I now hope to bring to others and just showing people that, Hey, no, you still can do these things. You've just got to maybe change your routine a little bit. It's, you know, it becomes like brushing your teeth. It's, it's routine. And I may have to do things slightly different and it may keep me out of action that little bit longer. But at the end of the day, once I get back up, um, I'm still able to achieve it and do everything that someone else would be able to 
do and if not you know probably better because I do have that resilience and that drive and determination to want to overcome that obstacle I really hope we get a lot of kids listening to this episode today because it's you are a very inspiring person oh thank you <laughs> I did want to ask as well and we've kind of dabbled on this a bit too but I wanted to know what is the biggest myth about the disease what is some things people associate with it that's just completely wrong I think probably the stigma of not wanting to talk about it. And like I said, it is an invisible illness, but at the end of the day, Crohn's and colitis, they're collectively known as inflammatory bowel disease, which is probably not hard to distinguish what that's about. It's bowel related. You know, it's, it's talking yeah. about all the things that people wouldn't normally talk about. It's a taboo subject. And I feel like that's probably where, where a lot of people don't really feel comfortable. And it's not saying you have to talk about it, but it's just, it's having a little bit more compassion and understanding to maybe someone's situation behind closed doors and what they may yep. be going through. They might look fit and healthy and, and present well, but that's just them trying to show up every day and live their life with a smile on their face. But yeah, you never truly know what's going on behind closed doors. Exactly. We don't want to have to hide conversations. We want to be able to express it as much as we can to help people who think they are the only ones where they're not. Yeah, hundred percent. And that, and that's so true. And I think, you know, externally it's, it's one of those things that you can present well, but you can on the inside, it, it can be a mess. And I think if more people can understand what inflammatory bowel disease is about and what the symptoms present as and, and how it can affect somebody's life in all aspects. Um, it's one of those things that if you don't have a good supportive network around you, it can make that so much harder. And at the end of the day, it can affect anybody at this day and age, there's still no proper known cause of the disease, whether it's a mix of genetics or environmental factors. So it could be somebody next to you. It could be a family member. It could be you. It can affect anybody, no matter who you are. Yeah. I have heard as well that you have a permanent colostomy bag as well. As much as the recovery process is a journey, at the end of the day, it's given me quality of life and I didn't have that yeah. before. Like I said, I can, I can surf with it. At one point in, in plenty of points of my journey, I've been out of action and I also didn't think I'd ever be able to surf again with a bag. Um, so for me to be able to change up my, my normal routine, like I just make sure that I don't eat a certain period before I go surfing and I wear a full piece or I wear a wetsuit. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm still in the water. I'm still doing something I love. So it's something that's it's there but it doesn't stop me from living. If anything, it actually lives, uh, helps me live a fuller life. Very brave person, Britt. I will say that. No. Um, I did want to ask as well about SCU. I just wanted to, because you have talked about this a little bit already, but with your course, Digital Media, did you find it easy to find the course, to actually get on board with it? What were the steps to getting there? Yeah, for me, I... I was always interested in digital media and communications and I wasn't really sure how to go about it. I looked at previous courses at different unis or at TAFE or film schools and things like that. But everywhere that I looked, it seemed to really zone in on one particular aspect of say digital media or communications. Like if I wanted to do journalism, it just had to be journalism. It couldn't be anything else. Like sure. every course that I looked at was just one thing. Whereas when I've seen the one pop up with Southern Cross, I was like, wow, this is like everything I'm after in the one place, in the one degree. Yep. Uh, so that was the draw card for me, the fact that I didn't have to pigeonhole myself to one specific area. I could really um, learn about everything that I was interested in in the one place. Yep. And the process was pretty easy, um, going through the enrollment process and submitting my forms. And for me, I guess, you know, I was, was that little bit older. I didn't start uni till I was 27, 28, yep. obviously a mature age student. So 
um, yeah, the process is slightly different, obviously, if you're coming straight out of yeah. high school. But, uh, yeah, I didn't find the process hard at all. I think they, they make it a little easier for a reason so that, you know, you can get that enrollment, but also the help that you need and, and the support services that are on board with Southern Cross are always helpful. And um, yes. I think, you know, if you're ever stuck or need questions or need to find something, they're always there to, to help at the end of the day. Oh, they really are. They're back within the hour. They're amazing. <laughs> I feel similar as well because I, I'm still a student and I started when I was 26 and I found the process very easy myself. And again, yeah, a nice broad range, depending on what avenue you're looking down. Like it's just, yeah, it's got anything and everything I feel. Yeah. You're not wrong. Well, I also want to ask Britt, what are your plans next? What's on the horizon? For me, I am focusing on my health. Uh, always, you know, if you haven't got your health, you haven't got anything. And And for me moving forward, uh, I'll be working on my own business. I'm quite snowed under at the moment and I'm back to uni in a couple of weeks, uh, studying occupational therapy. Oh, amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm currently doing that. And for me, that was more of a personal, a personal aspect of just while I was down and out with surgery a couple of years ago, it was during COVID and I just kind of reevaluated what I wanted to do moving forward. And for me, that was helping other people. And I guess with my health journey and, um, I've got that understanding and compassionate side as well as that personal experience. I feel like for me, OT is more suited to me as a person sure, sure. and more long-term. And like I said, as much as I'm still doing digital media and communications and I'm always interested in that, I've still got that creative side and I do it in my day to day. Just long-term, I've looked at different options and um, for me, yeah. it was changing my career path. But yeah, moving forward, I've got my own business. I offer a range of different services. I think that probably keeps me extremely busy. So, uh, yeah, my focus is on that. I've uh, just gone live with my website, which is britnickel.com, and that offers everything from surf coaching and mentoring to digital media and communication services to business administration and public speaking and events. So kind of got everything under the one umbrella in my own little yes. hub, and that's that's my focus moving forward while I'm studying. And it's always great to have your toe dipped in multiple pools. So it's always good to just try a little bit of everything and see what's best for you. And that's another thing too you can be at any stage of your life and decide I want to try this. And there's no reason to say you can't. No, hundred percent. Like I'm 32 now and I'm, I'm two years into a, another degree and yeah, it's, it's never too late. I think if you are the moment you stop learning, you stop living and, and oh, that's something 100%. that I live by. So definitely. Well, Britt, I want to say thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And I will say to everyone listening, please do uh, follow Britt on her socials, on her website. Britt, thank you for a great interview and I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you reaching out and I'm thankful to be here. And yeah, thank you for putting me on your podcast. And I hope it helps others.